Tonight on Sidetracked is being hosted by Cross and Drob. We spend a little bit of time on the phone with Mr. Armstead, Mr. Posh. And we have one of the better interviews we've ever had with Mr. Charlie Composo, who made it to the Invitational on the Enderly Pull-Off. Radio Plaza at Life Media Studios, sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. Brought to you by the Second Baptist Barn Grill, your exorcism specialist. All right, welcome to another episode of Sidetracked with Armstead and Poosh. But quick change up here tonight. Instead, we've got Mr. Drob sitting next to me, and this is Mr. Cross, along with the usual Mr. Mayor. Evening. How is everybody doing tonight? Oh, much better now. Couldn't be better. So a little something different for us tonight. Charles and Andrew are off. And uh, we've got the uh, standard guests so standing in their places tonight. Uh, I, I believe this is the, the head chair I'm sitting in here, and I'm quite humbled to take his spot. First time running solo. You oh, guys boy. Yeah, I was going to say, we've had Carl with Andrew and Drab with Andrew and Drab with... No, I've never had just Posh, but... I've, I've sat in with both okay, before. so this is the first time ever on Sidetracks. Me and you. you me and you have standings. never been on mic before together. So you guys are in for a real treat. No prep. Nope, no nope. idea what we're going to do. flying by the seat of our pants here, and that's the way we like it. It's kind of the way the show works. <laughs> so, so it's I, called Sidetrack. So I guess to keep it rolling in the normal format, what do we do here? Uh, I believe this is the part where we talk about birthdays and obits. And uh, I don't know. I'm. I feel like we're going to be a little down on the birthdays, just because yeah. me and Carl aren't in touch with the entire pulling world nationally <laughs> yeah. and globally. Like, yeah, I, I know. Charles I know. And, I don't have the friends list with the numbers of pullers that uh, either Charles or Drew. So has. Uh, to keep it pulling related, I have none. Let me look through. What's today? Thursday. I have none. Okay. Friday, well, I have none. Saturday, none. Sunday, none. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. okay. Sounds no like birthdays. what we're getting at here is uh, nobody likes us. <laughs> <laughs> nobody pulling related anyways. At least not this week. All right. So the happy part of the happy birthdays, we don't have anything, but we do have uh, something in the obits, which we never like to do, nope. but we do feel it's a uh, it's a testament to people that are prevalent in the sport and have made impacts on you know us and other people so we do have one obits uh thomas bollinger senior he's he's not as influential as his sons are um they run the money pit top gun unlimited modified and modified tractors you'll know them when you hear those allisons fire up on alcohol it's something that i grew up and i still feel that's one of the things that really pulled me into tractor pulling was the the sound of those allisons just firing up and the guys with the coke bottles with alcohol squirting in the headers and just getting them fired up so um, those are uh that's a that's a specific sound that rattles you to the bone so 
with that, like I say, we would just like to throw some thoughts and prayers out to that family um, for their loss. I can't imagine what they're going through now. Um, Go ahead, Carl, and and I'm sure you have some things to say as well on this. Well, just as always, if you have someone polling related who needs their uh, 15 seconds or so of recognition, um, as you know, shoot us a line, uh, sidetracked with Armstead and Posh. You can shoot emails, find any of us on Facebook. That's uh, Andrew Armstead, Charles Posh, Nathan Drob, Carl Cross. You know, get the word to us, and we'll make sure they get their recognition for what they've done for the sport. Yeah, and same as same as birthdays, you have someone you wanna throw a birthday wish out to. It's a huge audience. It's just uh, you really want to make their day. I'm sure here and here and their birthday on sidetracks will just make it oh, extra special. I'm waiting for November to come around just so I can get mine mentioned. Jeez, I had to wait. So what else? Uh, like I say, me and Carl, this is kind of short notice. We didn't have a ton of prep time, but I think we have a pretty good show tonight. I believe so too. And uh, actually, I think we might have a little bit of news coming up here too. Oh yeah. This just in on Sidetrack, coming from you at One Half Media Plaza. Nathan, can you do the honors? I think, to throw a shout out to Andrew, I think we need to play that twice. Yes, okay. This is for you, Andrew. Why is this not your ringtone yet? All right, so for the news, I think we have some breaking news. And this will align with the show later today. Um, we feel it's breaking news on sidetracks because the Composo team crew intentions out of Richmond, Michigan has qualified for the Enderly poll, which is a pretty big deal. It's not, they don't take everybody in the country. It's an invitational poll. And, uh, I guess if you were to equate it to, uh, to bigger national sports, it's, it's, uh, I guess you would say it's the orange bowl or the rose bowl. It's, it's a picked crowd, um, not everybody gets to go. You have to do certain things to qualify, and they made it this year, and my hats are off to them. It's uh, it's awesome to see someone from right here in our little corner of Michigan getting on that national stage. You, you definitely have to have your A game going to be invited to this. It's only, I think when we look through it, I think there's six people from the whole country on a regional level that get picked yep. to go this. So it is a really big deal, especially if you're a puller, especially if you've worked as hard as they have all season to try and you know get to this point so um and what's great about this is we actually have charlie on the show later to tell us you know how they got there and what they're gonna do to try and win this and what changes they got to make it's a really great interview so stay tuned later in the show we have charlie capozo of cruel intentions team out of richmond michigan to talk about his bid to try and win the enderly poll yeah and uh and he does break down a little bit into uh exactly what you have to do to get qualified for enderly it's uh it's a little bit complicated it's not as straightforward as you would think but uh he does break it down a little bit and uh besides that we do touch base with your two normal hosts we talk with andrew we talk with charles uh our first bit here coming with uh Andrew, I believe we're going to discuss his poll coming up, which is the fourth annual Smith's Crick for the Legion, and uh, that's coming up this Sunday. So, and I'm sure they're going to give us some lame excuse on why, why they couldn't here. be here and how busy they are. Too and... busy changing tampons. Yes, Stop whining. <laughs> so that that's part of our news. Um, the other thing we, you know, the news some's breaking, some's not, some's interesting, and the thing we find interesting and we'll hit on this again later in the show um with charles is the mac trailers team 
of Mac Daddy um, and the Mac Pro Stock tractors is they were in the points chase going into the last poll in um, Sandwich, Illinois, I believe, NTPA. We're sitting at one and two. Last pull of the season, it was a two-hook pull, and they windowed the block. Oh, just daylight. Daylight. Windowed the block, oil everything, and you're thinking, wow, what? What a way to end the season. What a a way to end the season, you know. Close points race, and it comes down to the tractor just couldn't make it another 100 feet. But what did they do? But with determination, something I haven't seen in... Like we said, with the sport of pulling growing, maybe this will be more to come, but they had a turnkey engine in the trailer on a cart that they rolled out. So the first hook was, I think the class started around 1230. Right. And the second hook was the evening session around six, where it was a a, a two hook pull in one day. They window the engine at 1230, somewhere around that, and had it back together at six o'clock. And he actually, not only did they just, you know, it, you would think a lot of people, okay, we just got to put an engine in it. We just got to hook. We just got to bump the sled. We just got to get our points. They go out there and they win it, right. which is a testament to that Very team. Very impressive. And the time, the labor, just the planning to have that in the trailer ready to go with all the right components. You know they're dedicated. You know they wanted that championship. Yeah, that is a that is a feat that has only been accomplished maybe a handful of times in the sport of pulling. Guys have guys have blown motors and come back the next day or the next week, but to come back six hours later or less, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I would love to know if there was like ten UPS trucks that showed up <laughs> at that trailer within six hours on a on a red or you know. You know, I am I am very curious as to how drop in ready that engine was. Uh, you know. It, are the sensors for uh, exhaust temperature pressures already spliced and the probes in there, or did, were they swapping probes from one engine to the next? You know, I, I'd like to know that stuff. Well, but, uh, my guess is not, you know, being there and just knowing the amount of work that has to be done in that short window. And I know I've seen some pictures. I think the, the clutch can and the clutch was already on the spare motor. You know, I don't know about manifolds and turbos and injection pumps, but you almost think, like that motor had to be injection pump timed. I everything red, dyno ready, ready to go to not I do only believe, yeah. just hook it, but win. So I, I, I would probably bet a good chunk of money that that was a dynoed, complete, ready to go motor. So it was literally pull the old one out, drop that one in, sync it up to the trans, um, hook up the exhaust, the intake, and some wires, and it was ready to go. Yeah, like we said, we we've seen it on you know. Guys, like Carl just said, you know, blow them on a Saturday at Bowling Green, two-day hook, be ready for Sunday. You know, NHRA guys that are prepped and ready and do this every weekend. But as far as I know, pro stock, super farm, super stock, all those classes, not something we see very often, something we did see and maybe something you will see in the future now that they have basically laid down the land of the law in the law of the land. The law, I'm sorry, the law of the <laughs> land, right? To say, if you want to win, this is what you got to do from now on, and maybe it will move the sport forward. I, I don't know. It's 
like you said, me and Carl were talking, it's not only willingness, but it's money, it's resources. It's- right, as the sport's growing and you're seeing, uh, you know, larger sponsors, corporate sponsors, and, uh, you know, the bank accounts of these teams are getting bigger. And I think not only will that allow for that quick upturn and quick uh, quick fixes because they're going to have the parts ready and available, but also you're going to start to see horsepower gains and uh, chassis setup changes and stuff as the money rolls into the sport. So who knows? Uh, it's all in the future, and I, you know I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and the other you know maybe not breaking news, but something kind of cool we we were talking about on the way over here. If you get a chance, go to Beer Money Pulling. I know they're part of the uh, Pulling Radio Network. No? Nah. Jason not- Schultz. Anyway, Beer Money, Jason Schultz, he does a great job, you know, uh, let's grow pulling. He does a similar thing to what we're doing here with podcasts, and I know Andrew spent some time with him. Very much Bo- so. We had, and, uh, we had a good interview with him a yep, few weeks ago. And Bowling Green, um, just a real... Like I say, a real leader of the sport. I mean, dedicates a lot of time to pulling. Um, he had a funny little video of the haymaker. Um, basically, they were done with the season. They show the haymaker inside its office, which, you know, my truck, when I'm done with the season, it gets parked in the back of the barn. And, right. you know, stuff gets thrown on the hood and on the in the bed and you know weed whackers and whatever else yeah. goes in the back and it's just kind of okay we'll see you in the spring and, hey at least yeah. yours stays in the main barn yeah. mine goes out to storage yeah. barn where it's so, cold so you think all these people that once it's done it kind of gets pushed away these guys have a dedicated office with hardwood floors and my guess is <laughs> is that this office may cost more than my house yeah yeah is it that tractor lives a better life than most people but if you have a, if you have a, some time just head over there i thought it was pretty funny i thought it was worth mentioning i mean it's got gas pumps and hardwood floors and nice roll-up doors and kind of a funny video so if you got some time head over there take a peek at it it's worth it's worth spending some time but all right let's uh move on to the next segment of the show we're gonna have our first caller in for the night mr andrew armstead your usual co-host yeah and uh like i say i'm sure they'll be full of excuses uh why they can't be here but uh i guess this is a good good point let's introduce andrew armstead so uh what do you got going this weekend andrew there's i'm sure there's a reason we're calling you i really don't know i mean i got what else i got going i guess i'm going to be over with southwestern ontario on saturday over in blenheim should be a good show i'll be over there also yes and then Sunday's a big event, I do believe. Uh, Bob, you're going to be out there, right? Yeah, I will be out there. I'm uh, wait, waiting for my marching orders for what you need me to do, but I will be there Sunday. So I know Carl will be there. Rumor has it the post guy might show up. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, hold, you know, you I'm know not holding my breath. Well, Zan, I'm, I think I, I am I sitting in his chair? I believe I'm sitting just in front of Nick. So was that Charles's chair yeah, or no? and I get to sit in the yeah, captain's well, chair. Well, that that explains the uh, box of uh, tissues here, and some other. Uh, <laughs> there seems to be some feminine products sitting next and to some him feminine too. products. Yeah, I just assume that the lipstick I was, was someone be, else's. Probably a few, few tampons laying there too. Uh, yeah, I there's some lipstick over here and some hand moisturizer. There's all kinds of care packages over here in this seat. Hand moisturizer and tissues. Well. Yeah, there goes that show. <laughs> <laughs> no, this weekend uh, we're going to be out uh, playing out the American Legion post five twenty five in Smiths Creek, uh, just west of Marysville, four mile or five miles, excuse me, 
Uh, big tractor pull going on there. Second year going non-sanctioned. And uh, all proceeds go to benefit the veterans. Uh, we raised over $4,000 last year. Had an amazing show. We run everything from a 3,000-pound farm stock 8N class all the way up to an open run what you brung. And rumor has it we are going to see the debut of Cheap Hooker on full-cut tires there this week. Yes, so, I, uh, I do be believe that's show. I do believe that's happening this Sunday, and uh, man, am I pumped to actually be there to see that. Yeah, it should be a good time. I'm excited. I kind of want to get a chance to talk to Tony and find out what move he's making with going to the cut tires. If if he's going to jump up to the 3.6 uh, straight board. Well, uh, interesting. Uh, I did talk to Tony in Armada because I was curious about the same thing, right? there. There's not much of a difference between the PPL 3-inch straight board class and the 3.6 straight board class. The suspension rules are pretty much the same, and the driveline rules are, are the same, right, Andrew? Yeah, they are fairly close identical. The biggest change, of course, is the bigger turbocharger, the .6, which doesn't sound like much, but it's huge, huge. in the turbocharger world. And also, you're allowed to go to the cut tires. Memory serves me correct. Yeah, and I believe water. You can spray water, um, and yeah. probably get into the dry sumped uh, oiling systems and such. But I know talking with him, one of the only reasons that he cannot run the three inch class is because his uh, bed and cab um, don't have floor pans. So oh. that's the reason okay. he can't run three uh, O, and he's worried that. At the point when he had the six um, mud grapplers on there, that he didn't have enough movable weight to compete in a three-inch class without cutting the bed and some other things. So he was going with um, some lightweight, you know, cut tires and aluminum hubs and was going to do some things. But the reason he told me he couldn't go to three-inch was just for that that fact that his truck was gutted a little more than the, the rules allow in the three-inch class. Yeah, I guess I've never really gotten into the uh, cab and chassis, you know, what the rules are for that class, because the main focus when you get to that class, of course, is your driveline and the engine. I know he has made some three PPL 3.0 uh, smoothbore passes with the truck, but uh, I haven't, I, I guess I did not realize that. So, hey, you learn something new every day. That's why you guys are on the show this week. Yeah, I say you should listen to us more. You'd be more up to date on what's going on in the polling world. You, you know, you would think I've been so disconnected lately. It's not even right. <laughs> My head's been going crazy trying to get this poll set up. And for those of you who've been out, who came out to Smith's Creek last year, it, we've made some massive changes. I don't know if any, either of you two have gone by the Legion in the past couple days but not recently we ran but i've seen your pictures last year and that will not be an issue this year and there's also some grumblings about the track uh, being a little too sandy well i hope people brought their wallets with them because we put eight inches of blue clay on top of the existing clay track All right. and it will take the power all right and what else uh, as far as sponsors so it's always good i see you guys got some sponsors on the form here um, some people you want to say thanks to that helping you out or sponsors or um, people in the Oh, we got Legion. a long list. Uh, definitely got to give a shout-out to Ryan Walker and RW Transport today coming out and helping us move some barrier blocks out to the Legion. We had donated by another great sponsor, High Grade Material. Um, 
concrete company new to the area and uh, really doing great things for the community. TR Pipers Act for supplying equipment out there and helping us out. Um, once again, Discreet Diesel stepping up, coming out and supporting us for the second year in a row. Also, uh, Power Stroke Competition Parts, uh, Matt Helmerich's coming in this year to help out. Um, John Psycho Construction. I mean, the list goes on. I know there's a bunch that I'm not thinking of right now, but, you know, some really, we are sitting a lot better than what we were last year as far as sponsorship. And uh, we've really put the money to use this year and uh, getting everything set up and making some great improvements to the Legion. Last year, we had taken out some trees before, but not a lot. Well, there's a bunch of trees gone that were in kind of inhibiting the sight of line for the spectators. Those are long gone. It's wide open in the back. I mean, it, it does not look like the same facility we've had. And it's been a track that's been there for 10 years and most people never realized existed. Well, we want to make sure we put the Smith's Creek American Legion on the map. And as far as I know, it's the only American Legion in the state of Michigan. I do believe probably one of the few in the Midwest that actually puts on a poll. A lot of times you see it being the Lions Club, just like uh, the three of us are involved with out in Burville. Yeah, it sounds like this is a family thing for you guys, too. What's that? I said it sounds like this is a family event for you guys. Your dad, your brothers, everybody's involved. The farm looks you know, like right uh, there. It's been really cool out there. Um, today we had my co- couple of my cousins out there doing work on the brand-new bathrooms. Unfortunately, it won't be done in time, but well, the money last year went to help out greatly to doing some updates to the building. Um, my dad and I, of course, have been out there. My uncle has been out there running machines all weekend. I had my boy out there help me pick up sticks and brush. You know, it's it's been a three-generation a- effort for the past three, four years now, but the family has really stepped up to help keep the American Legion going and give back to the community. So it's been, it's kind of a fun endeavor. It's kind of like a second family reunion for the year for us. That's awesome. And that is uh, one of the beauties of our sport is just how, how tight of a family it can build around it. You know, I got to give a shout out to all my friends, you, Carl, Charles, Nick, you know, you guys have always been there, but I've, I've got people coming up from Jackson that are coming up Saturday to help do stuff. I mean, I, everywhere I've turned, um, everybody's been saying, hey, give me a hand. I know a lot of the younger guys at the Burville Lions Club said, yeah, we'll be there to give you a hand with it. And it helps take a lot of the burden off of me. I mean, I, this is my fourth year actually putting on a pull out there, second year going on my own, you know, my own classes and that. And to be able to get the support of some great family and friends like that, you, you can't help but feel blessed out there because, you know what, without you guys, we wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah, and, and I feel the same way whether it's working on your truck or at the three-day event, people just show up and grab a flag, grab a hook, and it's it's a great feeling that some other people, you know, share the passion of, you know, doing stuff that they're not getting paid for because it doesn't seem like – there's always a ton of people that are looking to put their hand out if they're not getting money, and it's just it's great when it happens. It makes you feel special, I believe. Absolutely, and you know what? It, you look at what the blue shirts down at Bowling Green. It's great; they got a great organization. But you really want to see where things happen. Get back to the grassroots, such as Burville or Smith Creek, 
where they're both very small towns. You know, I want to say they're about the same size. They got a bar. They have a party store. That's it. You know, there's not much to the town. And for the community to come together to try to put on an event like this to help better the community, it's awesome. It really is. The feedback we're getting is great. And the support from the pullers is absolutely fantastic. Everybody's excited to come back out. They, you know, we're bragging it up. I've got people been calling me nonstop for the past two weeks asking about the poll. What can they do to help? What class can we get them in? And I just tell them, come on out. We'll, we'll get a class there. On the books officially right now, there's 23 classes going to be pulling, all, like I said, all the way from 3,000 pounds farm tractors, bone stock, all the way up to a run what you brung class. Well, last year we had three O trucks competing heads up against super stock gas trucks against super farm. It was probably one of the coolest classes I've ever seen. And it's something we used to see in Armada. And unfortunately, the class is gone. I'm glad we've kind of found a new home for it here in Smith's Creek. Yeah, and um, I guess we have a phone number here. Andrew, if, do you mind if I give it out if anybody does hear this? And give is it interested? out. It's on my Facebook. It's yep. on the flyers. Give me a call anytime. Yep. So if, if, if you, I can't get a hold of if you can't get a hold of me, leave a voicemail. I will get back with you. Yeah, and so it's uh, 810-367-3551. That's Andrew. So like you said, if... No, that's my dad. That's my dad's number. Mine is 810-937-6493. Again, 810-937-6493. Or go on my personal Facebook page. It's on there. The 367 number, you can call there. That's my dad. They'll point you either in my direction if they can't answer the question themselves. So. Well, hey, Andrew, I know I'm from Armada, and uh, we're a little hazy on math over that way, but... Uh... I had to bust off my shoes here, and I actually ran out of toes, but I think I counted 24 classes coming up this Sunday. I'm looking at your uh, your class list right here on the, on the website. i got to be honest, I'm a little curious what your feet look like that you managed to get up to 24 <laughs> using your toes. I said I ran out of toes. <laughs> I was wondering what, who was touching my feet under the computer desk under over here. <laughs> But uh, I'm trying to think. I've counted a couple times. It's 23. I'm looking at uh, 10 farm classes from 3,000 up to 9,500. You've got five hot farm, uh, two outlaws, three farm stock, three truck classes, and the run what you brung class. Yeah, I think the bottom line here is if you There's want to, if you want to pull, call Andrew. He'll find a spot for it. That's <laughs> that's that's that's, that's I had the crux of several times to go pick up the trophies. <laughs> you know what? I got to give a shout out there. Our good friend Dave Foltz from behind the hauler, that new part-time sometimes, if he's around or feeling like it, show that's on Wednesday night. Uh, I do believe 7 p.m. start for him. Uh, Allmark Sales and Trophy down in uh, Richville, Kentucky, um, stepping up and donating some trophies. And I got to meet with Dave uh, yesterday down in Bowling Green and uh, stepped up and really helped us out and cut us a good break on the trophies and Really, you know what? If you got to do business with him, he's willing to ship across the U.S. Get a hold of him; he does some great work for trophies and plaques. So, it's good to know. Um, yeah, I guess uh, we should probably let you go. It sounds like you got a lot of work to do over there, Andrew. But if you're uh, bored, just to let you know, we got Charlie Caposal calling in. I don't know if you weren't listening, but uh, they made it to the Enderly supposedly. So we're gonna call and find yes, out that breaking news is they, true. Uh, so. They came in quite well. They finished uh, second in Region 2 points, so 
Great job for the Capozo family. Great to have him on and great to have Charlie back on. He was on for our Legends uh, Legends and Heroes show um, back February, I want to say. February, March. Yeah, one of and, the first few uh, episodes. Great to have him uh, coming back on the show. I I, heard, I thought I heard rumor Big Words was going to call in for a few minutes. Yeah, we might. We might we have. Might. He, he's kind of low on our list. We actually might have Steve Francis calling in from the deer processor as well. So Charles is way down on the yeah. list. He's like, if, if we, we can't find time. anybody else and no one else calls in, we might Take the Super call. Farm Boys and throw the Big Words <laughs> off to the side. How's that? <laughs> but uh, actually, we'll be getting, uh, if we do get a uh, touch base with Steve Francis there, he'll be fresh off the tractor. He's pulling at the Allegan County Fair right now. But we, we do have That's something. Right. We do have something for Charles. Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Uh, wouldn't be a show unless you uh, called Charles out on his inadequacies in life. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, Andrew, uh, one thing normal to do here when we have calling guests. Do you want to give us your heroes and legends while you're on the phone? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've got to. I got to say, my hero always will be. It's a toss-up. Tom Harmon's always been one of the tops. Uh, Dan and Jeff Rapp. But for me, it always, always boiled down to the super stock diesel class here in Michigan. Jerry Van Dorpy, Screaming Demon 2, that 986 International with that exhaust that you will never, ever see another one like. You could always tell when he was back in the pits uh, warming up, um, blowing smoke rings, that tractor, no matter what they did. Always was puffing smoke rings, so you always knew when Jerry was getting ready to come out on track. So, of course, always Jerry Van Dorpy. And then, of course, my idol, as far as announcing, we've had him on the show, and I will go on and on about him till the day I die, Mr. Tom Hartzell, the voice of pulling in Michigan, the voice of Region 2. You know what? He's class act. We had him on the show, and you couldn't find a more humble guy than him. And it's still awe-inspiring to me to be able to talk to him, you know, one-on-one like that. And uh, you know what? You got. I got to say, those those are my two legends and heroes that you'll get tonight. Well, good. Glad we uh, finally got to hear that out of you. You've been on this side of the mic too many times, and finally you get to be on the phone. And you know what? I got to give one final thank you, Nick. Thanks for always being on there and uh, dealing our lunacy. But uh, thank you to Carl and uh, Nathan for uh, able to step up. I was going to try to swing it tonight, but just I got too much going on. Thank you guys for coming on and uh, covering the show for us. We really appreciate it. You guys are just much a member of the Sidetrack crew, and it's great having you as part of the team. Well, thank you, Andrew. And we're going to get to some more guests, and we're going to let you uh, get on with your night, and we'll uh, give you a call tomorrow next day and figure out if you need anything or what we need to bring or what time we need to be there all right sounds good guys we will talk with you later all, all right, right see, see you good night bye life media tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia photography videography live event productions and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance life media can handle it all drew and i trust life media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week isn't it a time that you did the same Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media, 810-689-4151. And we're back from break. All right. Uh, had a quick conversation there with Mr. Andrew Armstead since he couldn't be in studio with us tonight as he's setting up for Smith's Crick. 
And we're going to have a great interview with Charlie Capozo. We mentioned earlier in the breaking news that he was indeed invited to the Enderly Pool, and he's going to give us some background on how he got there and what they're going to do to win. So with that, Charlie Capozo, how's it going? Nathan Job, Carl Cross, sidetrack. Hey, how you guys doing? Not too bad. How are you doing tonight? Good. You guys by yourself tonight? Where's the other two? Well, those other two, uh, they had some feminine products uh, malfunction tonight, so we had to step <laughs> up here. Usual, then. <laughs> yeah. How's the season been going for you so far? I hear uh, some big things are happening here. Uh, yeah, a lot of ups and downs as usual, but we did get invited to the Enderley uh, pull-off here coming up this weekend, so we're really excited about that. Hey, congratulations. Uh, it's, uh, it's very cool to to have someone so local be invited to such a big show. Yeah, yeah, we're really pumped up about it. It's really something we never even envisioned happening. So, yeah, definitely definitely an exciting milestone for us. And I know I talked to you guys earlier. You guys, you know, run or run the region too, really looking for a bid to go to uh, Bowling Green in the in the winter, I believe, right? Is, is one Louisville. of the reasons. Or Louis, yeah, I'm sorry, okay. Louisville. Um Yeah. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah, and that's what you're hoping for. So can you tell us, in the audience may not know or they may know, the Enderly is not, it's pretty tricky to get in or there's different ways to get in depending on uh, what class you're in, correct? For the region stuff? Yeah, yeah, we'll be competing in the regional super farm class. So there's six tractors. There's only six tractors they took for that. And then uh, there's also a Grand National Division Two for the super farm, but I believe all the Grand National, all the Grand National classes are represented, as well as all the Region National classes are represented. But they're all, you know, small quantities of tractors, anywhere from three to six, I believe, is uh, is what they took. Yeah, and it looks like they they do the Grand Nationals pretty straightforward, like we were talking about in the uh, in the news when we. You made the breaking news, by the way. So, oh, um, <laughs> so it, it they it looks like they take you know the when you're at the Grand National in the night session, they just take top five points every single class. You know, you get invited, and then you know if you drop out, they go down. But with the region stuff, like you said, to try and get maybe a broader range of people from all different parts of the U.S., they take like they call it the A bid, right? Um, yeah, and it well, says, for, well, for us, we're in Region 2, basically, yep. which covers Ontario, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and the upper part of Kentucky. And um, what they did, I guess, half the poles were, like, north of I-80 and half the poles were south of I-80. Correct. So they broke it down into, like, two two divisions, basically, I guess you would say. Because, you know, Region 2 is so much more demanding than any of the other regions as far as the quantity of poles you have to go to to you know, to, to chase the Region 2 circuit. So they broke it up like that, so I guess that way they could take two tractors out of the Region 2. So I guess that's kind of, that makes sense? Yeah, we're looking at, the like say, every class is a little different in the structure, you know, that they pull from. Um, you know, some of them it's just top points, earners from Region 2, Region 3. Some are, they p- pick a specific poll and take the top points. Uh, getters from those poles so yeah it's pretty crazy the rules and i guess the regulations and how they get the the regional stuff but it's it's pretty nice to get you know i guess from all the different demographics trying to get tractors to represent 
Yeah, well, it's kind of neat. I mean, there's, you know, you're going to pull, I think, tractors out of Minnesota, you know, and basically all over the country for our division, yet there's only six uh, six tractors in the class. And so that's... you think about, you know, basically six tractors out of the regional level in our class, it's pretty pretty prestigious honor, you know. Yeah, we're, uh, like I say, we're pretty excited to... I don't. I don't think I've known anybody that goes to Enderly. So no, no. Uh, that's like I said earlier. It's uh, it's pretty cool to have someone so local being out at such a, a big event. And uh, why don't you clarify for the listening audience here? What exactly did you guys do to clinch that bid and get the invite to Enderly? How how did you go about that? Were you points champion, or did you win a certain hook? Yeah. Well, actually, we're um, we followed the Region Two circuit. We every. This year we followed every poll except for tonight. We didn't make it over to Allegan, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, we followed the whole circuit. And with this, uh, the way this particular thing worked out is Allegan from 2015 was basically the start of the Enderly qualifying round, I guess you would say. So we didn't make the Allegan poll last year either, so we were a little bit of a disadvantage going in. But um, we wound up finishing, I think we're going to wind up finishing second in the region. And then uh, they took, um, you know, the the first place tractor won both the north and the south, and then we had the second most qualifying points after that. So that gives us basically, uh, you know, the War to Farms tractor, Hammer and Hank. They uh, they won the won the region, so they took them and us. So basically, the basically what it broke down to was the winner and the runner up out of the region too. Well, yeah, there's nothing to be wrong with that. I'm sure it took a, a lot of hours and a lot of determination to make it to that many hooks. That's a lot of travel time. Yeah, yeah, it's been a been a really tough year, and work's really demanding for us as well this time of year. So it's been a lot of a lot of late nights and <laughs> a lot of uh, tiring days at work, I guess. Oh well, yeah, we know all about it. Yeah, and the late nights are a lot fun than tiring days at work. I know yeah, that. <laughs> hours yeah. in the barn seem to go so much easier. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I guess Winter's well, nights when you're traveling on the road, you know, that's not much fun either. But. No. <laughs> so what's your what's your what's your strategy going into Enderly, right? Last you guys, is this gonna be your last hook? You got one and then you're putting it away for the winter? Well there's a, I think there's a few other we're gonna try and make if uh, if it works out. There's a couple in Canada, yeah, okay. with, uh, southwest Ontario. Carl probably knows more about that, but I think there's still Brigden and maybe no, I believe Elveston too. October. Brigden will be the last hook of the year. I think between this weekend and uh, that is one in Elveston, which should be like end of September. Okay. So I don't, we usually try and make it to Brigden if possible. We always like going over there. Yeah, and that's, uh, that is a nice little venue. It's just the other side of the bridge, not too far, and that's a good way to end the season. Yeah, I was always we used to go over there for the NTPA polls, and it was always a blast over there. So we always enjoy going to Brigden. And then... Uh, um, the Wolverines got a couple yet too. I know Hillsdale's one. That's a that's a nice pull, nice fair over there in Hillsdale. So and that that's a points hook. Yeah, actually, it's like a state points hook, which I don't even think I was talking today. I don't even think we've made a state poll this year, other than the region region two that happened to be Wolverine run. You know, but uh, it's been so hard just making all the region twos. We kind of had our hands full with that. Yeah, and it's uh, it takes it like I said earlier. It's a lot. It's pretty dedicated to uh, get out and travel and make all these hooks. And uh, I mean, I really hats off to you for getting the uh, the gumption and the energy to go and do it. Well, it's really a team effort. It's not not me. You know, it's, <laughs> there's several people that make it happen. We're lucky to have a lot of people that stand behind us to make it go. 
And how, how many hooks have you made this year, Charlie? Just so everybody knows the, <laughs> you know, because total. <laughs> yeah, how many total? Because like a lot of people think, oh, I had ten hooks this year, and I made a lot of hooks, right? So for you, that's a pretty disappointing season, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I, I'm thinking what we had in Region Two was, I want to say nineteen. I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but I'd say it's somewhere between fifteen and twenty just for the Region Two, and then. Uh, we also hit a couple grand national ones like Bowling Green and then some local ones like Armada and Goodles. So I don't know. I'm just guessing somewhere between 30 and 40 hooks this year. Yeah, sounds like a very busy summer. Yeah, yeah, they they can be for sure. <laughs> now, uh, any chance you guys are going to be pulling at Smith's Creek on Sunday? Well, I think we're going to be tied up with the uh, underlay. We're going to stick around and watch the grand national session in the evening. I think we're staying over and very cool. I won't, won't be back in time for that. I don't think. I know it was uh, it was pretty cool last year at Smith's Creek to watch you guys pull off against Troy Casiba and his truck in the Run What You Brung class. Uh, it's the first time I've ever seen a uh, you know a four by four truck go up against a super farm tractor. So it was definitely a very cool uh, class to see. Yeah, it's kind of neat to have some different things go on like that. Yeah, and I was actually I was kind of uh, surprised how close you guys were. I think you guys were just three feet apart. You guys put three feet on Troy. Is that what it was? I think so. Yeah, it was dark. I really don't know what was yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, we had all the pickups parked up out there, lined down the track, trying to keep the lights on for you guys. Yeah, yeah it was really dark. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> Andrew's got some lights lined up for this year. <laughs> so I'd like to know, Charlie, what's your strategy for like a pull like Enderley, right? Because Enderley's, you know, you know, it's a floating finish going in, right? Um, right. Yeah. You know. They're probably going to run that track out farther than any track that you pull on, you know, on purpose, I guess. So is there gearing? I mean, you guys ready for that? Is there there things you do? I mean, it's your first time going. I guess that's the question why I ask. Well, we we tried to change gears in the tractor. Actually, that's what we're kind of in the middle of right now, and it didn't go so well. So, no, I guess we'll be going with the same gears that we had. Tractor's going back together tomorrow, I hope, so... Um, yeah, we try to step up the gearing. We've been in kind of our high gear all year long, so we're hoping to get get that bumped up a little bit. But uh, the gears we had didn't quite work with what was going on there. So put the whole tractor together, and uh, it wouldn't move. So today it all came back apart and put the old gears back in it and put it back together. Hopefully tomorrow everything will be ready. Kind yeah. of uh, last-minute deal again. Yeah, we're truck guys, so we always think you're always changing rear end gears, but that's probably not what you're changing. I do have some tractor experience. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's just like in our transmission, we have a three-speed transmission, and there's, you know, two main drive gears that, you know, basically change the ratios across the board for all three gears. So, yeah, that's what we're changing. You have to split the the, uh, tractor behind the bell housing of the, you know, in front of the transmission. Right. So we, the clutch was fried, actually, so we knew we had to fix that. So they had all came apart, and then we actually did a few dyno passes on it and then pulled the pulled the bell housing, you know, split it twice, actually, once at the, at the engine to put it on the dyno and to fix the clutch, then put it back together and then split it behind that, behind the bell housing, between the bell housing and the transmission to, to change the gears out. Now, I'm fairly certain you guys have a uh, special set of dollies laying around, right? You just kind of bolt some wheels on there and pull the engine ahead. Yeah, there's a splitting stand that goes underneath the chassis, you know, at the back of the motor and rolls it ahead. Yeah. And then we just have basically a floor jack under the back of it to hold that up. Yep, sounds about right. 
And so as far as like the engine and stuff, is there more timing, less timing, fuel, anything like that? Or you just, you kind of know, you know, from dynos, that's, that's where the fuel, that's where the timing's at. And you're going to leave that there and play with gear ratio and try and run it out as far as you can. Yeah, we took it to Harmon just to, you know, to get it on the dyno just to kind of make sure everything was okay. And, you know, really, I don't think that they, the timing, I think they changed that just a little bit. And uh, other than that, I think they only ran it three or four times and they were pretty happy with how it was. And we just kind of went with it like that. Everything was running good. And I mean, it's really been running pretty good all year. And just wanted to make sure that there was no, nothing wrong with it or nothing that could be gained and i don't think we gained much maybe 20 horse or something 20 horse on top of what what's it putting out (laughs) i think that's what he's asking in in, uh in a few extra words you know i think i think there's a lot of different dyno numbers that get thrown around and uh we kind of use it more as a benchmark i mean we're we're putting out right around 1350 horse right now okay and that's probably i mean that's where you have to be in that class to to compete uh, right I've heard higher numbers than that, but like I said, you go back and forth between different dinos. It's hard to really get a, You're right. a gauge on who's really got what. I'm, I know for sure that there's <laughs> there's more power out there than we have. Yeah, but, yeah. I know. mean, unless you had all the tractors in one place to run the same dyno on the same day, you know, it's never yeah. never reliable to compare numbers across dinos. If you look at where we started, you know, we started with the tractor in 2008, and we didn't dyno it the first year. We dynoed it basically the winner of uh of 08 before louisville and at that time it was right around i want to say right around a thousand horse plus or minus a little bit so you're talking in the last seven or eight years gaining almost 350 horsepower and it with that the cubic inch rule hasn't changed since you bought the tractor correct no really the only thing that's changed like you know last year they let slotted turbos go you know and there really hasn't been a lot of uh major changes they last year they let uh like custom intake manifold you know an exhaust manifold to go and stuff like that but other than that the rules have stayed pretty steady and i think that's uh, probably one of the reasons that the class has remained so popular and I, that, that's always an interesting point from my perspective is the you know as a how a class can the rules not change and you can pick up 300 horsepower right that to me is just a a testament to you guys constantly, you know, trying different stuff to make the same rule work better. You know, I know the slotted charger, that was probably, I mean, that seems like that would have to be a hundred horse gain there. Um, yeah, I, know. I don't know if it's quite a hundred horse, but I mean, you know, going back to the beginning, I mean, basically when we started, we all ran a Columbus, Columbus charger, you know, and almost, Every year, it's either progressed through the precisions, and now everybody's onto the hearts. And right. almost every year, you have some kind of updated turbo that's putting out whatever. You know, maybe it's twenty horse, maybe it's fifty horse. Who but knows? everybody's you know, got to have it. Yeah, right. The new got to have it. The same with injection pumps. I mean, you know, we started out we had a thirteen millimeter Columbus injection pump. We still don't have the the top injection pump, but I mean, guys are running you know sixteen millimeter pumps now. Right. So it, you know, I mean, you're picking up some there. I mean, you know, we've updated injectors. I mean, you, I mean, everything's been updated as you move along. So they always got to have something, so you spend the money, right? Yeah. And what about how about camshaft? I'm always interested in the camshaft technology. I mean, how many 
iterations of camshafts have you had in that tractor since you know the thousand horsepower mark? It's, it's probably had probably three camshafts since then, and we haven't really changed the cam in probably it's probably been three or four years. I'm thinking. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, so there's that, probably something newer out there. I'd imagine by now, but yeah, that um, is kind of a testament. Like uh, like Andrew was saying, the 300 horsepower you've picked up. It's just you know the rules have stayed kind of the same so every year it's just tinkering and and trying this changing that and you're just going to keep picking up power sometimes you go backwards and you learn from it right right you know when we started i mean now everybody's at the dyno when we started it wasn't quite like that either you know so i think guys gain and dyno guys learn what's working and what's not working so it's just kind of uh, like you said it's just a growing process i guess and then beyond that you know you get away from the engine and you can start talking just in chassis setup and, uh, you know, front suspension some guys are running and the debut of the Polar 2000s and, you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a million things. I mean, the rules have kind of stayed the same, but I'm sure that tractor is far from what it was in 2008, 2009. Yeah, it really just changes all the time. Yeah, we've, I mean, we've had, even had days up on the dyno where Columbus Diesel would bring up a bunch of turbos and we would pull them on and try them and see, you know, it's kind of, kind of neat to see what the differences were in each thing and so you know you would see some gains on the turbos as as they were trying like experimental stuff too you know and it's not always you know i know they went i think you guys are limited to a cast pump right so it's not like you can run the billet pumps so you know they're trying to squeeze these big plungers into cast you know stock cast bodies and stuff which i know the reliabilities came a long way as well because there were some years there that were kind of touch and go when they went to the bigger, you know, bigger pistons and the pumps and stuff. But what about, you know, to me, it's, it's not only just making the biggest number, right? It's not only about, it's, you know, it's the RPM range and, you know, how hard you can turn the tire. So have you guys seen a big increase in, you know, the RPM range that you can make power at to where you can, you know, you can flatten that, that, that top horsepower level out and really make power throughout your whole run versus trying to just, you know, get it up there at the top and, you know, hit that big number at a certain RPM and try and keep it there. I mean, there has to be something there as well, I would imagine. Yeah, it seems like the sweet spot on that, you know, on the motors, I think with the restriction on the turbos is like at a lower RPM than you would think. You know, it's, I mean, if you're doing probably 3,000 RPMs going down the track, you know, I don't want to say that's a lot, but that's, you know, probably what you're going to see or, or even under that on a lot of them, it seems like more pushing towards faster gear ratios and keeping the motors kind of, you know, almost lugging, you know. And what, just so other people know, because I'm a truck guy, so to me, you know, 13,000, it's a big number. It's not a huge number to me, but the torque, I think, is the real impressive number on a super farm engine. I didn't even pick up what the... Uh, what the torque was this time i haven't got that fire into it yet it's still up it's actually the tractor's still up at harman's so i'm not sure what it was putting out on torque but you know i'm you know i had somewhere in the neighborhood 2500 foot pounds i'm sure at least yeah you that's know. probably where i'd put it at yeah so i mean i i'd like to say 27 but i can't guarantee you that that's accurate you know now do you know the final wheel speed you know through your gears and everything what is your final wheel speed coming down the track no, I would like to know that, actually. No, Ooh. I don't know that. <laughs> we know, uh, you know, a pretty good gauge of what it does, you know, ground speed-wise going down the track. But Right, typically anywhere from 22 to 28 to mile an hour. 
Yeah, anywhere from 25 to 30 miles an hour we've seen. Okay, yeah, I have seen a few tracks get up that that fast. Yeah, which is, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're starting from zero, pulling 60,000 pounds, 300 feet, you know, it's pretty quick. Oh, yeah, just... I mean, even in my little pickup, I've hit twenty five or twenty six, and I was like, "Man, I'm flying!" Yeah, and we and we have four. We have we can actually steer. <laughs> I can actually steer. Figure <laughs> that's a quick stop. You know, I mean, you're oh yeah, a quick start and a quick stop. <laughs> Three hundred feet. You know, this you know the length of a football field is not very far to, you know, even a car to get up to thirty miles an hour and to slam on the brakes. Can you imagine? No. One out on thirty two mile road and. You know, and 300 feet getting up to 30 miles an hour and then slamming on the brakes, you know. Now, it is uh, it is definitely something, and, uh, you know, it's definitely something when people come around the sport, and, and it, it, sometimes it takes them one or two hooks to kind of realize what's going on, but you'll start to see the gears turning in their head as they realize what's happening, and then you can kind of see it in their eyes, and they kind of understand how much power and, and the physics of what's going on, and it's, it's an impressive sport. It'd be nice to know the actual weight you're dragging by the time everything is on the pan of the sled, you know? Right. Got to be unreal. Oh, it's pretty, yeah. I wish, yeah, it'd be cool if they did have like a... a load cell. A yeah, a load pan. cell. I was between. Say, I've always thought it'd be pretty cool to see a force gauge installed between <laughs> the pull vehicles and right. the... Uh, what is the peak on the... And the sled and see uh, just the crazy well, numbers that are being achieved. Yeah, and you guys got to be, I mean, right around similar... You know, I know when we were running the, uh, you know, two six class or two eight class, we were up and you know putting all the bricks in there, and we were close to forty thousand pounds. You guys always had a couple extra in there, so my, I gotta believe most pulls, you guys are right up in that range, sled weight, everything going pretty close to forty thousand. So it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'd like to know what it is when the pan, you know, when the tires right, are what the resistance the force air. is. <laughs> Back tires of the flutter in the air, and everything's on the pan. It's, it would be kind of interesting to see what you're actually. You know, one thing, one thing beyond that that I've always, one step farther that I've always been real curious about is the down pressure on the wheels. That would, that's what I would like to know between the weight of the tractor and the resistance of the sled, how much, how much power, or I could, I should say how much weight is pushing down on them tires. That's what I've always been curious about. It's actually unreal that all this stuff holds up. I believe, yeah, no, I agree. So Charlie, what's your, what's your take on the... You know, I've noticed it in the pits and walking around, and whether it's a thumb hook or region two, a lot of the front suspensions I see are changing this year in super farming. Is that something you guys are looking to do? Is it, you know, is it a novelty thing? Do you believe? Is you think there's something there? What's your what's your take on that? Because I've heard, you know, uh, everybody has their own opinion. So I mean, to me, the logic behind it of you know, different spring rates and, you know, stuff seems like, to me, it makes sense. But what's your take on all that? Well, I think there's something to it, you know. I guess it depends on how good the tractor is uh, balanced to start with. I think it probably makes a bad run better, maybe. I would agree. I, a little bit of give and take right, in the front end, you know? and it can buff out some uh, some little bumps here and there. And, and definitely, I mean, you've got a lot of money but on four wheels, any little bit of give, you can get it to take some violence out of the drop, you know, keep the tractor alive together, take a, some of the abuse out of the run. Yeah, I definitely think there's something to it, you know, especially if you were had the tractor, you know, not quite weighted properly, you know. Yeah, plus uh, you get that little bit of give where you're maybe getting some more weight transfer on the back, but your front tires are still touching. you got a little bit of steering capabilities. 
It's uh, it's funny when you're up at Harmon's. I got a stack of old Polar magazines there, and I don't know if you guys, do you guys ever know Alan Childs when he was oh yeah pulling in the thumb? Yep. This is a, you know his tractor had that on it. I forgot what year the magazine I was looking at. It was probably 2000. He had a suspension system on the front of his mod. Yeah, so he used to run modified. I know that he had uh, some pretty big sponsors. I mean, I'm going back to probably what 90s. Oh, yeah, he's been around a long time, you know. But, yeah, I think it was probably late 90s when he started getting into that stuff more. Yep. But, yeah, it was was funny. We were looking at the Polar magazine sitting there, and his picture was in there, and it had the coil suspension on the front of it. (laughs) So maybe he was ahead of his time a little bit. No, for sure. But uh, to to steer away from pulling here for just a minute, I I hear that you are recently an uncle. Yeah, I was going to tell you guys we got a new... Uh, new crew member, right? yeah. Chief, right? <laughs> Congratulations to Amy and Nick on their uh, new daughter Riley, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very exciting. Growing family fast. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, we thanks Charlie for taking some time out. Like I say, we're pretty excited to hear you guys made it. Uh, best of luck to you and the team. Um, thanks, you know, I'll need it for hope, sure. Hope you support us well here in the Thumb and the region as well and uh, i'm sure we will have you back on the show but once again we thank you for short notice coming on and filling some time with some interesting questions and always a a very interesting interview and thank you for being so open i know some people are uh oh hush hush i'm not talking about my tractor blah 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 but you're very very (laughs) open about it i appreciate it if he's telling us the truth (laughs) yeah who knows (laughs) hanging them phone weight or foam weights on the front of the tractor Yeah, there you go <laughs> all right well, well good luck and i'm sure you got enjoy talking to you guys yeah so i'm sure you got i'm sure you got to get out in the barn and work on the transmission or something so uh thanks yeah, for, right. thanks for coming out hey tonight. is nick there with you guys yeah i, I almost saw him at the parade on sunday in richmond filming the parade ah yes yeah, yeah i was working with richmond tv on sunday yeah yeah i was gonna yell at you but it looked like you were busy <laughs> now you should have yelled at him yeah <laughs> you guys have a good night we'll see you guys soon. you too you too you too. thanks charlie bye yep bye all right, and on that personal touching moment between Charlie and Nick, we're going to cut to break here. Have you been injured or think you've been injured? Contact the law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Auto accident, medical malpractice, slip and fall, dog bite, asbestos, your boss is a jerk. Nothing worth reading in the paper? Some swamp gas bent the sun's rays and erased your mind? Sit down with our friendly professional staff for a free confidential consultation and cross-examination. Seriously, how can be downright mean? Let the law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe decide who should pay and how much. It could even be you. No, it'll definitely be you. The law offices of Dewey, Screwham, and Howe. Call 888-555-1234 or online at www.sidetrackpulling.com. That's 888-555-1234 or www.sidetrackpulling.com. Dewey, Screwham, and Howe are not officially licensed attorneys and are obnoxious subsidiary of Sidetrack LLC. No guarantees implied. Not available in any areas. Lots of restrictions will apply. Celebrity voice voice impersonated. impersonated. Paid Paid for by Ricky Bobby Bobby for Congress. Congress. And we're back with the second string. Sidetrack pulling crew. Whoa, whoa. I take that as a... I don't know how I feel about being second string. Well, I don't know. The first string's not that good. I mean, so you could I call... I don't know if the, the second string is all that bad. Is I mean, it? we could call this a, a parody of the movie Re- The Replacements, right? Second string comes in and really they just kick everyone's butt and win yeah. anyway, so... I don't know. I think Nick is having more fun with us tonight than the first string. For sure. For sure. I think we're getting better interviews, too. People like to open up to us. 
<laughs> you, you have pulled some pretty hard interviews. You know yeah. what's weird is is it's kind of like Gas Monkey Garage. I say beer assistant. Nick gets his beer. I don't think he does that for the first drink. I don't think so either. But all right. Anyways, uh, in case you guys haven't already heard it for a hundred times already, you guys are listening with Cross on the main mic. Drop, drop as posh. Yeah. Tonight. So, well, hold on. You haven't said any big words because no, usually that's my job. No, I said I said a lot of big words. Tonight. Yeah, a few of them. And Myers, as always, Mister Nick over there, just pushing buttons. <laughs> so speaking of big words, I think we have big words calling in. Are we gonna start? Hello. Who who is this we're speaking with tonight? I don't know. Who the hell is this? Uh, this is the <laughs> sidetracked with Armstead and Posh with uh, Andrew, or not Andrew, he's not here either. That's uh, Cross and Drob sitting in the night, and uh, someone gave us this phone number, said we were supposed to call and talk about some stuff. I don't even know who this is. They said it was a celebrity phone who? number that's hard to get to. Who are you guys? Who's Posh anyway? <laughs> We had to go through the Rolodex here, and we come up with your number. Jeez, you're really scraping the barrel now. A little bit, a little bit. So where the hell what are you at tonight? You tonight? What was that? What can I do for you guys tonight? Well, we figured we were, you were, we were filling for you tonight, so we still needed to get some of your uh, ultimate wisdom. Right, so we, we needed some big words to fill the program. Like I said, you're really scraping the barrel. Yeah. And, you know, we had to use the drop, so we can't use it. Oh, I can. We already used the drop for Charles without Charles tonight. Well, he's here now, so it can always get played again. Good. No, I don't have to hear Is it. Is this true? <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. All right. Mr. Posh, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you, gentlemen? Uh, pretty good here, taking over the, the commanding seat at uh, Sidetracked right next to uh, Myers and Drob. Very nice. How's the season been going for you? I know it's been less than ideal, but uh, you're you're holding in there. Everything seems good. Yeah, um, doctor reports they can't find anything wrong with me. It turns out I just suffer from acute psychosis. Now a little bit of stress. A lot of bit of stress, and uh, yeah, not not good. It just appears to be an all you know pure anxiety kind of deal, and uh, managing that the best we can, and. Moving forward, I guess. Actually, I disagree with you. I think that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't want to go through all the testing and crap that I did and find out there's something major wrong with you. But on the other hand, it, you know, it does. It's one of those things where you can't really point to a medical chart and say, "Here's what happened to you." It's just one of those things that is. And so, you know, for me, it's kind of tough because there's that that lingering question in my mind. It's like, well, is that really it, or is there something we just haven't found yet? But um, I don't honestly, I don't know what else they could really realistically test me for. I mean, it's there's nothing there, so it just boils down to anxiety and lack of sleep, and uh, you know, it is what it is. Well, I mean, I I couldn't believe all the different. I mean, they ran a lot of tests. We were, you put that post up, and I can't believe how many different. Uh x-rays and uh, mris they took and how many different things they found in your brain that with those ones you showed us I, i'm still just yeah, surprised um, they found a brain there was turbos up there well, and they, gears and pistons and all kinds of stuff up there <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's like uh carrot top's trunk in there yeah <laughs> things just come spilling out 
So I guess we. But, uh, yeah, no, everything everything's negative. So we're, I guess we're. I won't say we're good. I'm not out of the woods yet. I don't feel 100. percent But you know, I'm I'm working on it. Nah, as long as you're up and moving around and taking steps towards the next day, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Yep. Still still pounding away at at, uh, at life. So. Yeah, and just to let you know, I'm sitting in your chair, and Carl's sitting in Andrew's chair. We just thought that might be more fitting. Just oh, well, that's because there's there's less shims needed for the headphones on my side for you. <laughs> and maybe it's an age thing. The chair is a little more comfortable for us elderly folks. Yeah, well, there's that too, yeah. You know, Nate said he found uh, some lipstick and some uh, tampons and stuff over there. I was kind of wondering about that. Hey, don't talk about what happens on Sidetrack After Dark. <laughs> Oops, sorry. That's for the pay site later. All right, I'll zip my mouth. So I guess the reason we brought you up, Charles, is we had, we had a, me and Carl talked about a topic and wanted to get your input because I know we've talked about this before, and we had uh, Charlie Capozo on uh, earlier, so you can look forward okay. to hearing an interview with him. And we got into the whole Enderly thing on the way over, and the you know for the grand national uh, poll or the grand national hook at night it's pretty straightforward right it's take the top five with the highest points and you get the first invite and go down the list pretty straightforward now when it comes to the the regional stuff i don't know where they came up with the rules the regulations on how they picked people to get invited i'm sure you've looked at it i'm sure you probably know it better than we do um, but I, I can't say that I do. I did read it earlier. I don't know if it was today or yesterday when I read it. But you didn't understand it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It, it really, I mean, I get it. If you've got a guy who can't make the poll, you go to the next down the list. So that part of it makes sense to me, just like the Grand National piece would. But they're talking about a Region 2 East and a Region 2 West. I like, When did they split the Region 2 in half? I don't, didn't know about this. That gets referenced, I think, in like two-wheel drive class, and I think the four-wheel drive class. I yep. don't have it right in front of me. Um, and then and I, there's some regions you can go to, and you just show up to two hooks and finish top three. Guess what? You're probably going to Enderley. Yeah, and we talked to Ray Shepard, and this is <clears> – <throat> I talked to him probably a couple months ago, and you know he was just going to some abstract polls, right? And I'm like, yeah, why are you going to that poll? Oh, well, that's a, that's a Enderley qualifying poll. And I'm like, so you can go to, you know, Town X, Region Z. You don't have to be a part of that. But if you have a good showing nope. in these two polls in that region, you can qualify for Enderly for that region, even though you live in Michigan and you're over polling in Pennsylvania or whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, you can run, yeah, go hit a couple hooks in, in North Carolina in the spring or, um, I don't know, the, whatever it is out west, I, I don't remember it all, the, where, where everything is, but actually I think it's out west. You can, you can actually, within, within pretty close driving distance, hit Region 3, Region 5, and there's only a handful of poles, and basically you just got to show up. Um, I think on some level, the only – I'm not saying this because we're here geographically ourselves – the only regional area that has a true regional circuit is Region 2, and the guys who get, get to the Enderley through Region 2 are, are doing it on merit because the schedule is so busy. There probably needs to be some examination going on as to whether or not the regional system as a level of competition, if there's a necessity for it, but is it viable right now? 
And if you're in Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, or Michigan, you're saying yes. If you're somewhere else, and clearly there's something wrong. And some of them, you know, when you look through, it's not only just this year. It could be you need to do or you need to pull on that. You know, we were talking to Charlie, and, you know, for next year in Enderley, he's not in, uh, where did he say he was tonight? Allegan. Allegan. He wasn't Allegan. making yeah, he didn't it. Yeah, it's like you, to qualify for Region 2 Enderley, you got to have the top points in 2015 and 16. So next year it'll be, you know, 16 and 17 or however it works out. Which is kind of odd yeah. to me as well. Well, I, I guess what I understood out of that is once Enderley happens, which is now, well, no, because he even said that uh, Allegan it's County, Allegan County, twenty fifteen was the kickoff of qualifying for Enderley this year. Yeah, and maybe that's yeah. just because it's too close, and they need to you know pick someone before then. Well, maybe then that's why not the drop it? Yeah. So, but in the conversation that we had, didn't really. It, it it got sparked because of Enderley, but we were talking more on the Grand National, uh, you know, point series, whether it's NTPA or PPL, you know, um, we were talking in the um, news about, you know, I, you, I'm sure you saw, it, you know, Mac Daddy, you know, they were one and two and they blew an engine yep. and uh, you know we were saying how unbelievable it was it's like a top fueler that they pull this thing out of engine cart and six hours later he took first place you know with a brand new we'll call it crate engine off yeah. the trailer on a pro stock which i've never seen done maybe you have um to me that was pretty wild um it's it's pretty rare um i there aren't too many guys who have the wherewithal to do it and the last one i'm sure it's happened since the last one i can think of would be going back to bowling green i want to say 2009 2010 something like that and esden lane blew up redline fever and he was ready to go the next afternoon yeah the next day not from 12 yep. in the afternoon to six at night right and no, yeah know. not no he had he did that he did that turnaround about eight i don't know whatever 14 or 16 hours not in six yeah so, but but the point was is you know you follow other motorsports and and you, we were talking you know you have the unfortunate advantage of pulling where you know you got to be consistent throughout the whole year, right? And maybe this is a good thing, maybe it's a bad thing. And if you start off bad or you end bad, you don't really have a a shot at the points chase. To where when you look at like a NASCAR or an NHRA or I'm not sure IndyCar, but they you know they run the season and they get to race x with say 10 to go they take the top 10 everybody else is pretty much done it has no chance and they yeah. take the 10 reset the points to zero and the champions decided in the last you know 10 races right the chase the chase so yeah is that something viable you know for pulling or you know is it do you you know run the whole year and go to an enderly you know, because you look at other sports like football and basketball and every single other sport or competition seems like you have to do well for the year to qualify for some type of championship, not just the whole year. And we're just kind of, I wanted your thoughts on this. And I know we didn't give you any prep time for this, but didn't think you needed nope, any. That's fine. You don't need any. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, as far as going to like a, a playoff or, or a chase or a countdown that NHRA uses for the sport of pulling, I will go on record firmly as saying I sure as hell hope not. I hate it. 
I pay no attention to NASCAR anymore because of it. The chase, the countdown within HRA is a joke. You can coast in as a 10th place qualifier and miss a couple races. Skip them. Don't even show up. Just get to temp number 10 because the car counts are so low. And then, in the, then whip ass on the parts you saved and the clutch packs that you know are good in the chase and win a championship from somebody who showed up every single week and worked for it. I think it's dumb as hell, and I hope pulling never goes there. I do agree. I do agree that in the sport of pulling, consistency is, uh, is key. And it should be who can do the best from not just midseason, but who can come out in the spring, fire in with that tractor on all cylinders and run all year long. Yeah, you better be consistent. And I, I, I can appreciate the point, Drop, you were trying to make with what Connie's were able to do where somebody's able to actually have a spare long block in the trailer. Well, you're never going to legislate money out of the sport. And I think a countdown type scenario probably makes that worse. Um, I'd rather see the, see somebody have to earn it over the course of 18 to 25 hooks, whatever, what have you, by consistency. And if you break and you, you miss a part of a two-dayer, or it's just that's just the way it goes. And I will point to a guy. Um, a perfect example of this is Kent Payne, the Super Rooster in Region Two Diesel Super Stock, blew the tractor up big time. I mean, just it was we we talked about it on the show because we felt like the you know is there a problem here with cable design for safety reasons because it launched everything completely out of the tractor. A week later, he's back. He's racking up wins. Next thing you know, he's number two to Pfeiffer Max for Region Two. He's going in the Enderly because he busted his ass. I respect that. And a, a countdown type system, a playoff, probably would have booted him right out. He would have he would have been gone based on elimination. Yeah, and like I say. I didn't bring it up as a point of, you know, I wanted it. It just, to me, it was an interesting topic. And, you know, I see you you, you could get a, a round table, my guess, of 10 people and everybody would have a different opinion. And my other, Probably. like, not only there's pros, but cons of, you know, even on a local level, whether you're a thumb or region level, you know, it. we've talked about, you know, unforeseen circumstances of, uh, you come up, you have one bad hook, the truck doesn't start, you get, you know, and with pulling, and you're, you're starting to see it in as the sport grows where it, there's some nights where no matter how good your tractor's running, you're not going to win because of pole position. And we've talked about that over and over and over and over, Charles. And it's like, yeah. you know, I've, I've thought, I, I've had, you know, we've sat down and talked and say, Man, if you have 30 hooks, wouldn't it be nice if you could drop your lowest three and say, yeah, you know, because I got a shitty track that night and there's nothing I could do. My hands were tied. I still think I had the best setup, but the track just wasn't there for me. I get penalized because I picked the wrong ball out of, you know, the bingo box or, you know, got the wrong pie plate or whatever you want to say. And you don't have a legitimate shot at winning but on the other hand, that's kind of the sport, and I see, you know, guys not taking advantage of it, but to say, okay, now it's not that I can take my worst three hooks. I don't have to go to three hooks. Well, that's I'm going to let Charles weigh in on that, and then I'm going to – I got a little bit of firsthand experience with that. So, Charles, what do you think about that? Yeah, we I, – I agree with you. That's something that's actually a piece of my show opening when I'm announcing a poll. It's, it's intrinsic to the sport. It's, it is the idea that there is – there's no practice. We don't have qualifying. There's no elimination rounds. There's no pit stops. You just get one shot at it, and 
that's built that's a built in and you you brought up the point actually i that's part of the reason why some changed their point structure a handful of years ago is because guys would realize hey i don't have to go to the up north shows and still win a points title as long as i whip ass in a big class in home territory and it made for points races would be very interesting on a big entry night but it really hurt the shows when we would travel and that's not fair to those promoters who are putting up the bucks to bring it in because guys just go i don't have to go there um so I, yeah I, I don't i don't like that okay. you can be in it every single night uh, this is ne- something I never had uh, first-hand experience with because the year I introduced uh, the street-modified class in Southwest Ontario, at the same time I was introducing is that... Is that your class, Carl? No. Okay. Make sure. <laughs> uh, anyways, at the same time... Uh, he, had to, he had to dig you, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I worded around it, but anyways, at the, the same time I was introducing street-modified to Southwest at the rules meeting, is the same time that they struck down what they called the grace hook. And that was kind of what you guys are talking about. One pull, you know, you could drop it. And this, and the, basically for the very reason Charles talks about is, you know, guys are winning the points or whatever, and they would just hey, you know what, I've got a grace hook. I'm not even going to show up, um, you know, not even come and bump the sled to get last place points. They just wouldn't even show up. And uh, and a lot of the guys who were busting their butt and going to every, every hook were just, you know they were pissed off about it and uh and ended up getting they got rid of it so uh i mean it's been done it's been tried over there you know you can't speak for uh you cross county lines or state lines or even international boundaries but over there southwest ontario they tried it they didn't like it they got rid of it and i think there you know that would be the we'll call it the caveat to the rule if it was you know introduced would be it's not that you can't show up it's your you know your worst three hooks. So you you had to hit. You know you had to hook to the sled. You had to move it. You had to be present. But you know, like I say once again, is that a guy coming up and you know going out twenty feet? You know, is that any sled be- bump? Yeah, sled bump. Is that any better than the guy not showing up? I don't know. To me, it's yeah. It's, it's to me, it's a waste of showtime. To me, it's a waste of showtime. It's worse because the crowd anticipates right. you know a guy pulling and he bumps a sled and it, it's not good for the show. So. It just it was an interesting thing because you know you look at college I mean football I mean I'm not a big huge we've talked I'm not a big huge football fan but I don't think anyone on this program is but you know everybody what's, what's that what's football and it's something to do with these guys and they get dressed up in all these tight underwear and play with some ball and run around I don't know uh, or if you're from uh, like wow. Europe, unless you're from really? Europe unless you're from Europe or a different I don't really I don't want anything to do with that <laughs> I said, or or if you're uh, from a different country you kick this little white ball around and flop every time someone comes close to you so like, <laughs> your interpretation of football could be different from what country you're from but um The point is, is Charles, I hear this every single year in college football, right? What do you hear? There's got to be a championship. There's got to be a playoff. Every single year, in my opinion, for the last 20 years, that's all they talk about. And you can see with these bowl games, right, they're kind of going to that same thing, right? Um, They're trying to get a playoff in college football. And whether it's basketball or hockey or NASCAR or what I don't like about it is just what you said. You get hot at the end. That's really all you need to do is win championships because if you're hot at the beginning, you know, it doesn't do you any good. So 
I just thought it was an interesting topic. I knew you'd like to weigh in on it. Me and Carl talked about it. I'm sure you could, you know, come with a ton of other points of good and bad, but it's just it's an well, interesting topic. Yeah, it, there is. There's there's another piece to it though that that that's important. Playoffs work in stick and ball sports because it's a 100% human element. Motorsports is different. It's a man and machine together, and they both have to work on equal parts. What are you going to improve on as a machine in football? You're going to make a different pad or a different ball? Who gives a shit? It's still down to the person who's throwing it or catching it. In this, in, in motorsports, there's a whole other level of complexity involved because you've got this machine that has to be designed by somebody, built and maintained by somebody, campaigned effectively by somebody. It's as much or sometimes more a part of the equation than just the human element, the mano a mano part. So I don't think there's a direct comparison that can be made between the two. Yeah, and like I say, I've, I'm a... I'm a pretty big NHRA fan. I've been a big drag race fan for a long time. I watch a lot of races and I'm kind of with you. I kind of, you know, I used to look forward to Sunday night watching NHRA on ESPN2. That's just what I did, you know. Um no different than watching pulling on RFD TV and it's like when they went to the, you know, the countdown or whatever to me it's like you got a guy that's just dominating, you know, on the other side of the scale. This guy's been dominating. He did all of his work in the offseason, right? He dynoed. He did all of his homework to come out to be the best in the beginning, to try and, you know, get out front, get ahead of the class. And now, really, what's the justification for that when he could really just sit back, wait till halfway through the season, don't spend the money in R&D, you're going to figure out, and you know Charles, right? Whether it's pulling or any motorsport, and I found because you know we pull with a lot of guys in Ohio and everything else. The guys that are on a cutting edge, they know this stuff in March, right? Mm-hmm. The guys that don't, they figure yeah. it out in June, right? Because word gets around, and you know, so the guys can kind of wait, not spend the money, not do the R&D, and catch up at the end of the season. And that's where I see another downfall of of something like that to where, like you said, you only have to squeak in fifth spot, don't do any of your homework, and come on strong at the end and still win a championship. And, uh, yeah, and, and you know what? A couple years ago, um, Erica Enders Stevens proved that in pro stock when she was still driving for Victor Cagnazzi. Missed a couple of hooks because they were, or a couple of drag races because they were stomping the crap out of everybody. Knew they were going to make the countdown. Now in the countdown, she did win the championship, and she did. I have to give her credit. She won it on merit. It went to a semifinal in the finals there at Pomona against Jason Lyon. They both cut triple O lights, and she beat him flat, square, and square for the title. But she didn't. You know, there was there was an element there that it's like she was coasting to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah, she took. They did. They did take it to that final, and man, was that a thriller! Both of them on perfect lights. But you know, how many? You've got so many elimination rounds at an NHRA race that could have been decided two races prior. All Jason Lyon had to do was break a rocker or something, and next thing you know, it's all over. And I did. What left a bad taste in everybody's mouth was that the Cagnazzi team stroked into it. They yep. just said flat out, screw it. We're not going to a couple races. We're saving our parts. We know we got you guys covered. I am, um, you know, and to bring this to a little bit more of a local scale, and don't call me out word for word on this. I'm not 
too big into the drag world, but I do believe last year, uh, Derek Rose, he was having some issues with his truck and he was changing a few parts. And I believe he drove down to Ohio or Illinois and he, he jumped in someone else's truck and made a couple passes. And for whatever reason, that just kind of counted to get him the proper amount of passes down the track to qualify him and his truck, even though he was in someone else's truck, you know. I'm not too up on how that all works, but that's kind of how I understood it, and I was real confused by it. Yeah, that's a standard. That's actually kind of a standard thing on the racing side versus pulling. In in pulling world, it's always points with the vehicle. Racing, it's points with the driver. Yeah. Well, that's what I was getting at, and you know, and uh, you know, just it didn't quite add up to me how he's going. You know, a different state, someone else's truck, but uh, somehow it's counting for. I mean, I guess as the driver, but I don't know. Well, I haven't paid. I haven't paid too close attention actually this year. I think that may have happened in Top Fuel because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Leah Pritchett gets into the countdown, and she's done it in three different cars after uh, Vandergriff Racing folded. She drove uh, one of Schumacher's cars once, and I forget somebody else's. Uh, I don't know if it was Dote. She went back to Dote Racing or who it was. I think she sneaked in in 10th spot by driving three different cars. Yeah, and that's, you know, no different than NASCAR, right? If you got money, you can rent cars. Right. I mean, that's a, <laughs> that's a little different. Well, I mean, I know you can rent on tees, it. rent she cars. a personal that, services deal with Quaker yeah. State, and so that logo was going to go on whoever the hell would agree to put her in the seat. Yeah. By the way, I remember that Erica Enders, Jason Line thing, and I'm just, I think my least favorite pro stock team is Jason Line and Greg Anderson and KV Racing. I don't know what it is about those guys, but man, that Greg Anderson. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's because his wife is so I'm, hot <laughs> and he's such a douchebag. I don't know, but it just there's something about that team I don't like. Well, I, I actually like Jason Lyon because he's really he's the heart and soul behind that team. I know I've read some articles. That well, guy, he's the motor he, magician. Yeah, he's the motor magician. He is the the brains, the operation. I think you know Greg Anderson's more of the the money and the. Uh, you know, sponsorship guy, but uh, yeah, I remember that that, that exact I, uh, yeah, year. I'm I'll, I'm a J and J guy. I like Alan Johnson and his dad Roy. To uh, to flip the script and bring this back to the polling world, and uh, you know, and make it a polar opposite here of where it's driver not machine. Late in the season with the detonator, we saw that it's the machine, not the driver. When uh, Mister Weiss passed away in his truck at Celine. Yeah. And uh, I believe it was his son stepped up, took over the truck, made one more hook, and they qualified for Enderly. So, I mean, that is kind of one son thing about law, this. I believe son in law. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. I, I wasn't too sure. So, yes. But uh, I mean, that's so. Poland's the the dead opposite here. It's the machine, not the driver. Ah, uh, I'll, I'll table that one. I don't know if I agree <laughs> with you a hundred percent on that, but you know, I think you can take a good machine. With less of a driver than you can a really good driver and less of well, a machine. How's that? I was just saying how points wise it's, yeah. it's the machine, not the driver. Yeah. I I've just seen you know I I've seen numerous instances where someone else put someone in the machine. You know, oh, someone for, in the, oh, and for tractor, sure. Driver tra- matters a lot. Tractors are a lot worse than trucks, I believe, in the fact that yeah. you really got to know you know when, when to stand on and when not. But yeah, I, I agree with you. That's. Like I say, we, we started this topic off, I'm like, man, this would be a good topic. I'm sure everybody has their own opinion on this one, you know. Nick's been but, awfully silent over there. Well, like, that's that unusual. <laughs> hey, Charles, you, you, you missed a big moment today. Yeah. You want to hear the words that Nick told us? 
He was talking. Are about they repeatable? He was talking about smoothbore turbochargers today. For wow. ju- for just a quick second, you have been paying attention. I know, kind of. <laughs> All these episodes, he's finally picked something up. So, anything else you got to hey, talk? Else. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I do. You heard it here first on Sidetrack. We talked about the uh, the the rumor that Jim Shandorf was going mini rod pulling. Well, he did it tonight. Uh, finished fifth place at Allegan in Region Two with. Still badged his honking donkey. I don't know if it's going to continue to be called that, but uh, you heard that here first. So what, what's your take on it? He bought, what, honking donkey black? Black, yeah. Okay. And so, and I know I, I, I read some stuff about Jason Hathaway early in the season that he was really going to step back this year, you know, family priorities as kids are in sports and, you know, doing it for his wife and all the things that, uh, you know, reasons that most of us do it. Did have you heard? Yeah. Did they sell it to get out? Did he sell it for new chassis? Did he sell it? Have you heard that reason? Because I think that's as interesting as you know them buying. I haven't the, the, heard. No, I haven't heard anything definitive. Both tractors did get sold. Shandorf's got one. I'm not sure where the other one went. They, they're both out of the stables. But Jason and his dad have been around this for so damn long, and he's the guy who really got Mike Janis to come in and partner with Brian Knox and Sassy Racing on on developing some of this Hemi stuff. I can't think they're going to be gone for too long. Yeah, that was my thought exactly. I mean, even, you know, Bowling Green, you know, I don't think Jason Hathaway made, what do you think, six, seven hooks this year? Yeah, yeah, they didn't didn't run a whole lot, but... uh, Boy, when they when they're there, you sure know it, and um, they're pretty instrumental in, in a lot of things that go on. Um, working with Tim Ray, also there in Pennsylvania on the chassis side too. I, I just I can't see them being away for too long. The the bug's too deep. Yeah, and I just thought it was interesting, like you said, to have Brian Knox drive it. You know, towing your vehicle off at every pole and step away seems. I, I'm just, you try and put two and two together, I guess, and it doesn't make sense for them to walk away. Just wondering if there's something, no. you know, that they're trying, or you know, maybe they're just taking a couple years off. Or bigger plans, yeah, bigger plans. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a trick or two up the sleeve, and and uh, when they come back, you're probably gonna see something a little bit on the innovative side, perhaps. I, I always like to hear when a guy spent, you know, you got someone like Jason Hathaway who. I can't imagine what his yearly budget is to keep, you know, two and three tractors running on the Grand National Circuit and says, you know, he just has to step away because, you know, he needs some money to take his wife to Hawaii, I think he told me. It's like, isn't that like one <laughs> cylinder head? Right. Uh, yeah. Maybe well, he's going hey, to buy know, part of I, Hawaii. I don't, it, that's, that's why we're just sitting here talking about it instead of doing it, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> It, I just I just love those conversations, you know. You just hell as far as that goes, you guys are farther ahead than me. You both you guys both actually pull. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, but it's just it's funny the psychological games that these guys are so right. good at doing. I mentioned it earlier with the uh, the foam weights on the track. Yeah, exactly. It's you know some pe- yeah. some people love. Well, but you never know. It, it, right now, minis are hot, and they're they're selling like hotcakes. I see Brett Berg put his up for sale today. And they're cheap. And, uh, you know, 75000 gets to carry that thing away. 
right? Yeah, and that's, I don't know. It's, that's a drop it's, in the bucket. It's a popular thing to do right now. You know, everybody's getting one. That's a drop in a bucket compared to a full-size tractor. Oh, well, you consider that, I think, uh, yeah, you can you can take American Thunder for 350 Yeah. Kind of a no-brainer to me. Well, you know, and you've, you've seen it with, and I think that's a, in any sport, you got guys, you know, I've, I just see it with Harmons, right? At one time, Harmon had, I don't know, five super farms? Yeah, maybe not all at once. Four but plus a roller. Four plus a roller. And it, it, my point to the whole thing is, is not that they were ever planning on stepping away, but there's a few guys that can make money building one as a proven winner, right? And then another guy with a lot of money stepping in, buying it for a lot of money, and then going to do something that, you know, may be different or, you know, and they're actually you know, making some revenue off it. You just wonder if that's, you know, similar with Harmons, and I've seen it with other guys. Like, I think uh, I remember, what, Just Rutten, the uh, Super Mod 4-wheel drive that sold, yeah. what was it, two years ago? You know, he sold it, yeah, you know, it. He sells it for 130 grand. You know he can probably build one cheaper because, you know, the labor and connections and parts that they have, you know, and maybe, I just didn't know if you thought maybe it was a, a revenue thing or, you know, they wanted to try something different or they're just walking away. I didn't heard. So I, I think in Hathaway's case, I think it's just the constant, the brain's always working. And once they get proof of concept on one thing, it's time to sell that thing off and, and, and get on the next thing, because this isn't the first time that he's done this. Um, he's sold out before on tractors and came right back with, with more of them. Um, he's not alone in doing stuff like that. There's, through the years, there's several across all classes. There's different drivers you can name who do a similar sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I think they'll be back. I think the wheels are just turning on on some new idea. Yeah, I I go back to, you know, like you look at like a Shane Kellogg, right? He had the most dominant super stock pickup truck out there. One and I blew don't it up know, to do another one and sold it. It hasn't been back, which yeah. is a rare case, right? And uh, but I think some guys just get bored winning, and maybe that's it. You know, they just get bored. You know, yeah. I mean, and they try something new, and you know, they'll they'll be they're all back, right? They have enough knowledge to know and to get back in the winner circle. But you just wonder if that's a part of it. It's like you know, this thing wins, 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 wins. We'll sell it, and let's you know, let's keep the wheels turning and try something different. Well, and you can actually, you know, you know this. Pulling is pulling has a fair share of this, but drag racing has this big time. There is a laundry list of guys who come in, just whip the shit out of everybody, and then they disappear because they prove the point to themselves. Yeah. And now they're done with it. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah. And that was the only reason they were there to begin with. They just had to prove it to themselves they could do it. And once it was done, see ya. And I mean, to to a certain extent, sometimes you can't always mock or knock people for that. I mean, they're just uh, determined Whoa. people. Determined I mean, if, people if, who put a, who put an idea if, in their head, and they're going to do it. If I had the financial wherewithal tomorrow, you bet your ass, I'd be doing it. I, could. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I now what would be my what would be my staying power? I don't know. I'd come ask me in five years. Well, I don't see now. If you gave me unlimited funds, you know what? After a couple of years of truck pulling, I just might say, "Hey, I feel like drag racing now." So yeah, you know what? If I had unlimited funds, who knows if I'd stay in one sport for long? And you know who's another one that's you know who's real 
I guess familiar with that is, you know, Voorhees, like you were saying, right? How many times has that guy built an NTPA Grand National winning, mod, you know, unlimited I, mod, sold it, and built something totally different, struggled, won, sold it? I mean, that guy seems like, yeah. you know, he's done that a few times. Seems like a good business model. Yeah, I don't think unlimited mod there's a good business <laughs> yeah. model there. I don't know. This is at least the, the fifth chassis, I believe, and and this time, yeah, it's some pretty exotic stuff with the uh, you know the Australian uh, Moran cylinder heads and whatnot. I, and what what was he I running before, Charles? I'm not. He was running what four Hemi's in a Chevy. And the well, that was the that was the last the last red one was uh, the four. It wound up with four Hemi's, and I think it was either a Chevy or a 481 X Pro line on the back. And yeah, the, the the black edition is all TFX blocks with the uh, Australian Moran heads. But but I'm saying he dominated with that tractor. I mean, I remember watching. Oh, I don't, I don't know what year that was. If it was 14, maybe 2014. I believe so. He, I mean, he put 30 feet on everyone. If that tractor got hooked, pure domination. At the end of the year, sold yeah. it, took a year off, built a completely brand new tractor. You just wonder if that's the same mindset. Well, Partly, but I think what forced his hand is he really had to up the horsepower game because of what Bowers did. Okay. Bowers Bowers came out with cross threaded, and they were turning five. I think they were. I think they were minor brothers. Could have been Alan Johnson Motors. And I mean, if you find the the video from Canfield, Ohio, I want to say 2014, and listen to that thing run, where it's turning. 11.5, maybe 12,000 RPM. Just good God. On kill, well, he couldn't do that with four Hemis and a Chevy anymore. He had to go that. Charles, are you with us? Yeah, I'm still there. Okay, we lost you there for a second. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened. By the way, what year were you saying, Canfield, Ohio? I think 2014 Canfield Unlimited. You can hear there's Bowers runs in that night. I don't know if those things were turning 11.5 or 12,000. I mean, they're just utterly screaming. And Voris had to up his game, I think, because he was just going to get left behind by cubic dollar. Yeah, and that that I guess yeah. When you're running against Bauer, I guess that can happen. <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't know yeah, if anybody well, has worked. Part is, Does anybody have kind of walked away? They got pissed off at the the changes in light and limited, but that's that's another that's another. Thing. Yeah, but don't, don't you tonight. think? I don't know. We that's another topic. We could talk about that one, but I, I I mean, I've heard Bowers when that class came out, they kind of like okay, here we go, boom, this is ours. We're gonna yeah. show you why these rules don't work. And how you make a tractor run in this class, and they killed everybody, right? I mean, it was that was a a they did. A, a pretty walk away year for them when that that first year that light unlimited class came out. Yeah, it sure was. But NTPA screwed up, and they've made the same mistake with light super stock, and and they keep making it with a bunch of classes. It letting them run 6,000 or 6,200 pounds. Put that crap down at 5,500, and that'll stop. Right, right. You take away that movable weight, and there's no way you get the power to the ground. 
take away the movable weight, you can't get the power ground, you probably can't get free hemis Yeah, in I there. think that's the key. Yeah. I don't yeah. get how third much carbon fiber you yeah. throw at it. You'll yeah. never get it light enough. So now you now you bring it back to who can just who can just drive. Yeah, I know you guys have you had that topic before. I uh, this this the you same sure one. Yeah. So. I mean, is that not ultimately what this sport I I mean, as much as the sport is about the machine, at the same time, I mean, if the class rules are written correctly, it should come down to driver more than anything. Yeah, and there's just this paranoia about being lightweight. And maybe come maybe it comes back around to to sled design. Uh, they're concerned about wild rides and and these. I hate to. This is this is going to sound like a slam against Bauer, and I don't mean it to be personal, but and damn light switch sleds where you get going 100 miles an hour and then boom, it hits you. Why don't we get back to pulling? What the sports called? Yeah. No, I completely agree. Well, I. Just you know, like just like the shirts they sell in Bowling Green, right? Race tractor. I yeah, mean, that's that's where we we went, and that that could be a topic for another night. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a good win. That's some good winter fodder, and we could have one hell of a roundtable on yeah. that one. We don't want to use everything up tonight. So. No, I'm sure you got no, things to do, no. Charles. We uh, appreciate you calling in here. Nick's giving us the nod that we need to pay some bills. So, all righty, um, sounds good, gentlemen. With that. Uh, once again, Charles, thanks for uh, coming in. I know maybe we won't do it tonight with Andrew. We had Andrew on earlier. We did the Heroes, Heroes and, Legends, and Legends, but maybe we'll save that for you for a different night. Yeah, God, we did a whole show on that back last March or something. But, yeah, there's plenty. So, all right, Charles, have a good night. Hey, get some sleep. Yeah, rest up. We'll do. And, and thank, thank you guys for standing in for us tonight. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, Charles. Oh, you didn't hear, did you? From, this oh, is our show. Over? Yeah, from now on, yeah, you guys are standing in for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> Actually, I think uh, I kind of told Andrew he can take the rest of the summer off. That's fine. Checks in the mail. All right, perfect. Well, if you need anything to help you sleep, let me know. Oh, wait, I, I got to start writing the checks now. Oh, with that, well, okay. Um, um, I hope you're good at forging signatures. <laughs> I'm pretty good at it. Well, I know a bank... Right up, uh, I know this guy that runs a bank. <laughs> he cashes anything for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he does. So yeah, if you need, if you need help getting sleep, let me know. I have a I have a cabinet full of stuff that can help you out. Yeah, well, comments about uh, you know how I cash everything for you that that doesn't help. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you. Yeah, we were talking about somebody else. Yeah, I didn't say it was a. Chase I'm Bank. Gonna get, I'm going to get emails in the morning. <laughs> I didn't say it was a Chase Bank inside of Myers. Yeah, right. Side. Like the three people that listen oh, to the show had anything to do with your job. Oh, really? The good news really? is the Chase? good news is the the lesson the, the our listeners will be calling you because the checks bounced, not because of anything to do with the content of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's face it. Nobody I work with listens to this garbage. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we're scooting along here, Charles. It was good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Yep, you guys too. All right, that uh, very candid interview there with Mr. Posh, who was not able to make it into studio with us tonight. So uh, once again, if uh, you guys like what you hear here, find us all on Facebook. You've got Mr. Nathan Drob. You've got Carl Cross, Nick Meyer. Uh, you know, find us on Facebook, send us a friend request, message us, tell us what you do or don't like. And as always, you can reach us on uh, 
ap at sidetrackpolling.com. Shoot us an email. Let us know what you like, don't like. Uh, birthdays, obits. Give us any information you want us. You know, get it on the air. If you want to get it on the air, get a hold of us. We're we're very approachable guys, down to earth. And uh, if we do something you don't like, tell us about it. Because I'm going to turn right around and tell you why I said it anyways. Yeah, and that makes it a lot easier for the show if we have stuff that people want to listen to rather than stuff that we think. Yeah, people. By all means, to. give us feedback. So we want if you like Carl said, if you got something you want to talk about, just send us a task text. Don't be shy. We love hearing what you guys think of the show, what you want to hear, and how we can move the show forward. So you know what? I bet if you make a, if you contact us and you got a pretty adamant point and you got a well thought out, put together argument for whatever you want to talk about, you might even end up on air. Because let's face it, we got a lot of stuff to get through, but if it's good, we'll move you to the front. For sure. If someone's got a valid point, I would love to get it on air. Well, thanks for listening, and this is Nathan Drab signing off. And this is Carl Cross. And this is Meyer. See ya. Have a good night. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. Get out my trailer. I want you out.